good afternoon. <laughs> this is Z Zayed, and this is the I Don't Know Art podcast. We're back. I know I took a little, maybe a big hiatus. Um, I was just trying to get my life together. And now we're January 2020, so we're starting back up um, with the podcast, and I'm excited. And I have a special guest today, my first guest of the year. Whoop, 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 whoop. Welcome, Marcel. <laughs> what up, what up, what up, what up? Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. We've been talking about doing this for oh, months. Oh, right. When was, when was your last podcast? Oh, I want to easily say it could have been five, six months ago. I feel like we were talking about doing this back then. We planned this, oh, you off, you off. Right. And it just didn't work, and you took a hiatus, which is, listen, it's needed. Right. It's needed, and we saw each other... I feel like in a short span of time, we saw each other the other night, but mm-hmm. I feel like we saw each other prior to that somewhere. I yes, when you had the performance on the beach with Reina. Yes, and we were like, we're going to talk about we're gonna we're going to do it. And once we saw each other the other night, you were like, let's do it. And I was like, we have the same day off. Has and it be, worked. Has oh. be here we are. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm glad, and you're my first guest of the year, so this is a perfect way to start off the year. So, to get started, tell us about yourself, tell us about who you are, and as an artist, all Um, the things. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Marcel, um, I go by the moniker of Doing the Broken. Um, Born and raised here in South Florida. I was born in Miramar, um, raised in Miramar for the first uh, 14 years of my life, and then um, got uprooted just a little bit uh, more south to uh, Isbury, um, where I live with my mother, my sisters, my two younger sisters, my grandmother. Um, and from there, moved down to the beach. And then from there, just kind of been hopping around where now I live back in Isbury. But born and raised here in South Florida. Um, been doing music for as long as I know. Started at a young age doing talent shows and um, you know doing auditions and stuff like that, and then went to a performing arts magnet school for high school and kind of honed in on my craft there and really uh, showed me that this was something that I wanted to do mm-hmm. for my life. And you know I did it for a good amount of time, but um, kind of stopped, took some years off and stopped, and then that creative bug bit me again, and I got that itch and. Um, started back a few years ago so about four or five years ago now and I haven't stopped and uh, it's it's been it's been quite a journey it's been quite a journey um yeah that's that's me in a nutshell <laughs> in terms of where I'm from and stuff like that yeah cool cool so regards to the music um right. what genre would you classify your music you um I guess the Easiest genre is pop. Okay. Um, I guess if you, if you if you had to if you were putting my stuff on streaming platforms and you had to say okay where am I putting this under I think pop would be easy but um, I I don't I think a lot of people that hear this stuff don't know what genre to kind of put mm-hmm. it in you know um, I, I think pop is is multiple things like I think Drake is pop I think Travis Scott is pop Post Malone is pop like mm-hmm. pop means is short for popular right and I think you know back in the day pop you you, you thought Britney Spears you right and sync you thought Backstreet Boys Christina Aguilera and stuff like that like that was pop but even back then Eminem was pop mm-hmm. you know you could throw him in the rap he was a rapper but he was on TRL he was number one on TRL mm-hmm. you know, he was a pop star um, so I think pop could be multiple things but in a lot of the songs you'll hear hip hop influence you'll hear R&B influence you'll hear doo-wop influence you'll hear soul influence so every song almost kind of has its own I guess box of mixed genres in mm-hmm. there um, so it's kind of hard to put me and classify me in, in one genre but if, if, you, if I had to like a pop is I think I'm comfortable with saying I'm a pop artist okay yeah. cool yeah because you have like a your music to me, I, I find your music over various different ranges. Like, like we're talking about like kind of country, mm-hmm. then we do hear the pop, but then R&B. Yeah, so yeah. you kind of span over different ranges of like, or different genres of music, which I think is really cool and important because I think 
especially in the music industry or any type of industry, like you should have that range mm-hmm. that you can be able to classify yourself in any type of genre. Like yeah. not only one specific. I mean, it is cool because there's just some artists that okay, they're just rappers. Right. And rap is their thing, and that's perfect. But it's, I think it's also cool when an artist can say, yeah, I've done rap, I've done pop, I've done country, I've mm-hmm. done R&B. Mm-hmm. Like, because I, you're just, you're reaching out to a wider crowd, you know? And I think it comes with the whole reinvention, too, of constantly reinventing yourself so that, you know, new people and new listeners can, you know, kind of get a feel for your music because maybe they might not like one song because it might not be their genre, but then you're like, oh, but I like this song, though, right. by the same artist. That is exactly, that is, it's so funny, that's exactly what I was explaining to um, my mentor and label owner, Will, the other day. The last two or two years, I spent recreating a sound and creating mm-hmm. a sound with a producer by the name of Jason. And he kind of, he met me about almost three years ago now. And he saw me, based on my aesthetic, he's like, he heard the music that I was making, the way that I was singing. He's like, nah, let's try and get in and just create something different. You right. Know? Um, and we did, we created just this experimental sound. as a, a, a lot of, again, again, mixed genres, pop melodies, but the production was a little bit heavier and darker and more hip hop influenced. and. Um, and it was just something that we just got in with with a goal just to create something that felt good. Mm-hmm. There's no, we're not going to call it pop. We're not going to call it R&B. Um, and we dropped the first uh, single um, that I've dropped in about a few years back in December called Enemy. And Enemy was one of the, it was the third song that Jason and I had kind of worked on together mm-hmm. where we were still creating this experimental sound. And I dropped a song called BFY back in 20... Uh, 2016 um, and if you hear them back to back they mm-hmm. sound like two different people they sound like two different songs um, and even now with the stuff that I've created with Jason and the stuff that I'm continuing to create still you play everything back to back it's just like yo this sounds like a I don't want to say a different person you could hear my tone is the same but it's just like this is not the same artist in terms of genre Right. and I agree with you in the sense of I think that's important because Somebody who uh, you know likes that enemy uh, could. I just played you that song, "What You See in Me," which is very popish country. We mm-hmm. spoke about it. Somebody who likes enemy might not like "What You See in Me," and somebody right. who likes "What You See in Me" might not, might like, not like enemy. And it's mm-hmm. just if I could offer uh, different things to different audiences, again, it expands. Like you said, it just makes me genreless, and it just expands my my fan base and the diversity and some people might look at that as difficult to market and like okay where do we place them but I think uh, to me that's a, that's, a, that's a good problem to have right I feel like it's a better problem to have than your shit just sounding the same same all the time exactly and then like just back to the point of you know being able to reach out to different crowds because like let's say you do come out with like let's say you have a song that's just like only country mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. you're reaching out to that country ca- crowd of the, those of those persons who like country music and then you come up with another genre and you're like reaching out so like it's I, I think that's more marketable right I mean yeah it might be a little like okay like the overall like where do we put you but I don't feel like that's that's necessary right. you know I, yeah. I personally don't feel like that's necessary at least like, like whatever sticks sticks right like look at art and artists like Rihanna mm-hmm. right Rihanna started out kind of doing the reggae thing and you know but then she's Fun. gone on the replay, right? And then she went into, like, then, you know, pop. She's done hip-hop. She's done R&B. And now it's full circle. Right. Now she's back with the Caribbean influence. Right, exactly. So it's just, and I think that's good for you as an artist in yourself and in your journey to find out what you feel comfortable in or what's, like, what makes sense to you when you're making your music. Yeah, the last, the last, um, I I, I have to say I'm very thankful and blessed uh, from August till the end of the year I had a show every month Mm -hmm. you know and it was an opportunity to and every show was was different different crowd different audience um in those six shows that I had I did one with a full band everything else was kind of an acoustic vibe Mm -hmm. um the uh the great thing was it, it was I got to play some stuff that was unreleased and I get to see the reaction to Mm -hmm. it you know and and i think it's up to the artist to create an experience and make it enjoyable and Mm -hmm. make 
you make it to where the audience and the spectators want to come back and see you again, even if they've heard the song 20 fucking times. Right. You want to see it again. Like, you go and see Drake, you've heard all his songs all the time, but you still go to the tours every mm-hmm. time he has a tour. Yeah. It's the same thing with all these artists, but because he makes it enjoyable, wants you to come back and come back. And the last six months was that, seeing which songs stuck, which ones didn't, where could I get better, where could I add more for crowd participation. So it was all, like, it was game time, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it was it was gym work right. as well. You know, it's just like, okay, this is game time, but seeing what, the, now we go back to the tape, you know? Yeah. I'm a sports guy. I love sports. I, you know, I, I grew up playing football. I love basketball. Now basketball has become my favorite sport. And it's just that I take those those sports analogies and I apply it to music, you know? The performance, the live performance is your game time, right? You take from that and you go back and watch tape. Watch mm-hmm. film. How do I improve? What do I got to work on? Mm-hmm. What don't I have to work on? What can what can be better? What can not be? You know, and, and it's just, it's about that. It's, if you are not getting better with every performance you have, then you're doing yourself a disservice. You're also doing the people that come out to see you a disservice, you know? Um, so that's what it's all about. It, it, I was blessed to have that opportunity to see what songs work and okay this song works do I write more stuff that's kind of like this so it translates well live or do I write more stuff like this so it's, it's a lot of trial and error and you know when you see people that blow up overnight you know how they say an overnight success doesn't happen overnight it's very much like that it's a lot of trial and error and figuring out what works what sticks what doesn't you know does this sound work does this sound not work you put out this record this record did better than that record that record did better than this record and it's just figuring it out and I think that's where I'm at and I don't think there's anything wrong with it I yeah. don't think I, I, you know I, I think um, I hate saying this term but it's I, I don't know what else as a society I think we're obsessed with the uh, with perfect we are obsessed with the finished product and we don't talk about or take a lot of pride in the journey and the ups and downs of what that journey looks like and I'm, I'm okay with that like yo like I'm publicly figuring this shit out. I, I don't have all the answers. The people that I'm with don't have all the answers, but you can only hope that you surround yourself with people that are intelligent, that are passionate, and that are willing to figure it out with you. And I think that's all that matters. It's okay to try to figure that shit. It's okay to not know everything. That's why we have this podcast. It's I don't know art. I'm trying to figure this shit out. I'm, I'm, I, as an artist, like how this... Yeah. See? It comes full circle. Comes full circle. <laughs> but, and, and, but, and, and again, I think um, it requires a certain level of vulnerability and, and people in a group of people to be like, yeah, we don't know. You know what I'm saying? Some things we've done have worked. Some things we don't. And let's go back to the drawing board and figure it out. And I think that's the word. Like, that's the word that's been popping up a lot lately for me. Like... In like just personal and overall like vulnerability i think that's something that many of us fear or have a fear of being just so generally vulnerable because whether we were taught not to be yeah. or we were in situations where we couldn't be yeah. so and it translates not only into our personal life but into sometimes the work that we do yeah. like we're just so scared like okay what if i put out this what you know what people might say or you know it's 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 funny you say that because i've been to me it's a wave like some of these subjects in um socially are are, are a wave right Mm -hmm. like we're talking about like vulnerability is big right now right and i feel if i can i'm not saying i was the first but i feel like i've been on the vulnerability wave for a few years now and the only reason is is i've been most of my life i've been as a male been called too emotional or too sensitive Mm -hmm. and um I hate the word too before you describe somebody. Like, I think it's unnecessary. It's like a negative connotation. Yeah, it's like a negative connotation to a thing of mm. what, what I am, who I am. And every my response was to, to yo, you're too emotional. Like, I, I take pride in that because there's some people that don't know what they feel. They don't know how to feel. They go to see a therapist, not that there's anything wrong. They go to see a therapist to understand what it is they're feeling, mm-hmm. to get medicated, to feel something. People are getting lost in drugs to feel something or to escape something that they feel. So when somebody calls me too emotional, I, I'm, I just like to, I'm, and I'm not an argumentative person, but I want to say, what is the problem with knowing what I feel? And, right. and then not only knowing what I feel, sharing how I feel. What is the issue? Is it because you are not comfortable with yourself and you feel like you don't know how to feel and how to express yourself? And sometimes... That's what it is. It's people projecting their insecurities onto you. And that's why they say things like that. 
And it just, to me, it's just, again, I don't like to get in arguments with people, but it's, it's about offering perspective. Like what you're saying is it, not that it doesn't make sense, but it's, it's false. Like I'm not too emotional. I'm just expressing how I feel in the moment. Mm -hmm. And I, I've always, what the message that I'm trying to convey in, I don't know if I'm doing it in my music. Maybe I am just talking about the things that I talk about and talk about love and, and being hurt. Um, is vulnerability is not a weakness. It's probably the strongest um, thing that you can be and do and, and portray on, on a daily basis, especially for, for men. Right. Um, you know, I, I think, like you said, the things that we were taught, we were taught that vulnerability, if you're vulnerable, you let your enemy know your weakest point, they could attack that and take you down, right? Emotionally, physically, whatever that looks like. And it's, it's awesome to see how that has changed over time. Mm -hmm. Where I'm going to be honest about what I feel and be honest about what I went through. And I'm going to let you know. And I'm going to let you know that no matter if you know my weakest point, you're not going to take me down. You're not right. Gonna bring me down. Right. And that, that's what I'm trying to show. Like, I, I have no problem being the quote-unquote poster child as a male showing that your vulnerability is amazing. I think... Um, in terms of superstar Will Smith is is you know the interview that he just did with the Breakfast Club where he said like yo I was jealous of Jada and Pac's relationship. To me it's it's what's wild is seeing everybody like oh he's so brave for saying that it's just like is our bar really that low of, right like of what but not to take away from right. that but it's awesome to see someone of that magnitude on that level showing the vulnerability and showing like yo it's okay to say i was jealous of this right it's okay to say yo this pissed me off this made me sad like it is okay to talk about that so to see somebody of, of that uh, uh, you know that level um like where will is you know he's the one of the biggest stars that we of our generation mm -hmm. um to, to see him do that to show people that hey it's okay it's it's awesome to see that i love it uh, yeah. I really do love it. yeah i do i do think a lot of um, especially like artists like to genuinely show that vulnerability is very important because mm -hmm. that's how we connect and especially because so many people especially like young kids yeah. look up to artists yeah. and like that's how they relate or that's their way of escaping whatever you know they're dealing with yeah. so um, and especially with like men right men have a very hard from my experience, a very tough, like hard issue of with being vulnerable and being just completely blunt and honest about their emotions. And like, you know, they might, as you said, like how Will Smith said he was jealous about Jada and Pac's relationship. A lot of men wouldn't say, like, they would be like, no, I was fine with it. I was fine yeah. with it. Like, it was nothing. But deep down inside, it's just like, it's eating them, it's eating them alive. And, and it's, I feel like you're doing, I feel like you're, you're, you're being more harmful to yourself right. and your future self by, by suppressing that feeling. Like, right. Yo, just let it out. Talk about it. So that shit does not rear its ugly head in a future relationship that you have mm -hmm. or in a future situation that you have. Because I think that's what happens is you suppress, you suppress. And you it push builds down, up. Push, yeah, and that's it. That's all it does. And it's just, man, to unpack some of that shit, it, it just, it, in the moment, not only feels amazing, but you just avoid future issues mm -hmm. within yourself, within your relationships, not only with a romantic partner, but your family, your siblings, your friends. Like, it just avoids future issues. And I, I, I just encourage a lot of people to continue unpacking like it doesn't happen in a day right like i think us now that we are adults it's so crazy how you find that all the shit from our childhood that you just start to remember and you start to unpack it like okay i feel like this in a relationship why am i like this and you start to think about the example that you had of your parents mm -hmm. did you have uh, a dual uh dual parent household was mm -hmm. it a single mom was it a single dad did they fight? Did they were they non-existent? Like you just start to think about like yo, like all these things from my past made me the the lover that I am, the way that I receive and give love, mm -hmm. the way that I understand and process love. And you just try to unpack that shit, and it's 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 a lot, man. It's and as you get older, you're just like, oh shit, this like, is I am, why I am like this because of right. this. And you either become the example that you that was set for you or you try so hard to be the exact opposite of right. it, you know and it's it's just um 
it's just one of those it's like when you look back it's like holy shit like those I love those aha moments where especially if you fuck up you're like yo you fucked up <laughs> and this is why yeah and it's just like alright like I just feel like owning up to shit just being honest is just so um, satisfying mm-hmm. just so satisfying to carry to carry the weight of a lie is that's too much weight right that's weight that I do not and that stuff like it eats you up inside you're yeah, just like I don't want it. and it I, just makes it worse yeah I've, 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 I've lied about shit in the past before in, mm-hmm. in relationships not in relationships and then to remember the lie and carry out the lie for uh, right I don't want it anymore right I don't want that responsibility anymore so that kind of brings me back brings me to the question of uh Ledoux and the Broken mm-hmm. what's the story behind that um story behind that so again just the last few years was total rebranding of sound um image mm-hmm. uh and figuring out okay we have this sound we have this body of work how do we want to release it what do we do image wise do we because a lot of people again you were listening to the music like it sounds like it's rock it sounds like it's alternative but it also sounds popish and art like nobody knew so it's just like okay do I come out as Marcel? Because the first single DFY years ago was dropped as Marcel. Do mm-hmm. I change the name? Do I come up with a moniker? Like we like literally went through like names and and I felt there was a, they got to a point where I just felt like I was overthinking it and it was being overdone. When we decided on something, it was going to be Ledoux. I was going to come out as Ledoux, and Ledoux is my last name. So still a part of me, very mm-hmm. much a part of me, but I was just going to go by my first name. Ledoux has a, it's it's the way it's spelled, L-E-D-O-U-X. It looks cool, it feels good, it rolls right off the tongue. And then I started rehearsing with a band uh, late la- uh, early last year. And the moniker Ledoux and the Broken was a birth, it was created. And I wanted it to be a moniker, whether there was a band behind me, whether I was performing with just an acoustic guitar, because I wanted to create something. I started looking at my life. Just to give you some context, I was with a girl for two years. We mm-hmm. were in a relationship for two years, and um, we split in April. Okay. Um, I was completely, I don't want to say completely torn, but it rocked my world. Yeah. It, it rocked me. It, it did something to me. And it was in a weird like transitional period where the music, things weren't going the way that I had wanted them to. I was starting to have some doubts settle in. Then she cut things off. And I was trying to deal with that. And that whole doing the broken idea, I just ran with it. And for months, I kind of was not doing much artistically. I wasn't being that productive because I was just going through it. I was trying to figure things out, trying to figure out different um, uh, outlets to express myself, whether it was making t-shirts, creating poems. Mm-hmm. Um, and music wasn't the sole focus. It was just creating different things. And... Fast forward to August, still as Ledoux, have a Ledoux and a broken moniker in the back of my mind, and it just, it's so crazy, like, in hindsight, like, it just how it just took a natural progression to what it is now, and how Ledoux and the broken was, is what it is now. I just wanted to create something where people felt like they belonged to, a community where they felt like they belonged to. I feel like that's why a lot of people create things, like, in good company. I'm sure you created out of a need for... Right. people wanting to feel like they belong to something like when you are in this space this is a safe space and this is this is yours as much as it is mine or ours right exactly. it's the same thing with doing the broken I wanted to create something where people celebrated their brokenness I want to and I'm setting out to change that negative connotation like we only use the word broken in a negative way like I want to show that all of us are broken mm-hmm. your brokenness is not better or less than others and it does not make you less than or less deserving of love or good things in your life and started off in one show with 10 to 15 people then the next show was 50 60 people and the shows started to grow and and the the feedback like yo like this story that you told like in the middle of my sets i do talk about i was married um years ago and the catalyst of the separation was me wanting to pursue this creative life. So I talk about it, you know, mm-hmm. and I have no problem talking about it. And it's something that resonates with a lot of people. And the songs that come from it. And I just started getting that feedback where it just started to fuel 
the, the, the purpose, the mission is just like, it's kind of confirmation like, okay, I'm on the right path. I'm doing the right thing. This thing that I'm creating or have created, it's, it, is, it is working essentially. I'm doing air quotes, you can't see it. Um, it's working, but I, I, I really explain that. It, I want it to be more than me. I want it to be more than Marcel, the person. I really want to create something where people just celebrate their brokenness and know that, like, yo, there's no judgment. It's a judgment-free zone. I want to show men that it is okay to be vulnerable. I don't, I don't know if anybody looks at me like I'm a punk or they can sun me at any point in time because I'm vulnerable. And I want men to, sh- I want men to see like, yo, it's you're okay. not weak. You're not considered less than because you're sharing your story. Like, and I just, uh, like I said, I'm just setting out to, to create a legacy, you know, um, and something that will just be timeless and that will just outlive me. And um, it's been, it's been a very, I would deem it successful. You know, I feel like success is subjective. You know, I think we measure success based on material things and monetary gains right. and stuff like that. But in terms of the feedback that I've been getting, the, the people that I'm I'm reaching, uh, the, the show, like it's it's been very successful so far and I'm very satisfied with it. There's still a long way to go. There's still uh, more that I want to do, um, but I'm, I'm really satisfied with the, the journey so far. And it's, it's not been an easy one. It's not, there's days where there, there's still, still now, there's still days where I'm just like, yo, what is this going to be? Where is this going? What am I doing? Am I doing the right thing? I, I literally question everything, but I think that's just a part of being an artist, being a creator, you know? Right. Um, I feel like it's necessary. Like, yo, am I doing enough? And asking yourself, I'm doing nothing, but just keeping a, a good core of people around you that are honest with you. Like, I don't have any yes men around me. I don't, and I'm proud to say that I have some very uncomfortable conversations with people that I love. Mm-hmm. And it's it is it is a foundation that we've set, and I just want to make the uncomfortable comfortable. And you know, my best friend Drew and I talk about it all the time. Like, conflict doesn't have to be a bad thing. There's good conflict, and let's talk about it. Let's let's look ourselves in the mirror and be like, yo, am I am I doing my best? Am I the best person that I need to be before I start pointing the finger? And I know I'm I'm rambling and that I'm going on a tangent, but like all of that embodies what we're doing the broken is because that is who I am. Like I love being accountable for my own actions. Mm-hmm. If I fuck up, I love being the first person to call and say, hey, I fucked up. Right. I want you to know that I noticed where I was wrong and I want you to like and that's important and that's what a lot of people don't do right and it all falls under our brokenness right that's that's what I'm getting at is is our brokenness like we can't unpack this in one podcast episode like it 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 takes a lifetime to unpack all the layers of our brokenness you know and and just that the fact that people have baggage and and that's that's another element like yo like everybody has baggage some baggage on the surface looks less than others but then over time, you're like, oh shit, you have a lot of baggage underneath the surface that cannot be seen. And you're like, ah, oh, damn. Like, but just because you have baggage does not mean. But that, bag- that baggage to me kind of. Okay, ba- baggage. It's. Okay, baggage is not. It's not a great thing to have, right. but sometimes it is. It's good in the sense of what comes out of it in the. Like, once you're learning and you're in the healing process, like for example, like as you were saying, like for me in 2017 was like one of the roughest years in my life, mm-hmm. right? And I went through multiple situations and things that really had me like hit rock bottom so many times and learn maybe- And there's so many different like components, like there's so many, there's uh, romantic rock bottom, there's financial right. rock bottom, there's there's so many right. rock bottoms that you could hit, right. and sometimes you just hit all of them across the board, yes. and you're like, what the Yes, fuck? and 2017 was my what the fuck, 2017, 2018, kind of part of 19. It was like, <laughs> that part of my life was different rock bottoms that I hit, and different parts of my life, and um, just different things, and with all those things that I experienced in that space of time, I was able to create so much through all of that mm-hmm. and through coming to terms with these issues, right? right? So like, for example, um, if I didn't hit rock bottom 
I probably still would be in a miserable corporate job, you know, working my ass off for something that I did not enjoy rather than being honest with myself and realizing that no this is not who I am this is not what I'm content with or what I'm happy with and then I wouldn't be doing all these creative things and tapping into my creativity so much more you know and I and again like it's it's not a good again having baggage is not necessarily a good thing obviously to have but it's good in a sense of the beauty that comes out of it once you realize or once you come to terms or once you start that healing process yeah yeah, it's it's not it's not something I, I like. I would shout. Like, hey, I have baggage. Right. I, baggage. I mean, it may be cool to say it, but then what are you doing? You no, know, no, like. No. I'm just what, yeah. I, what I what I want individuals to understand. Like, yo, like you can't judge somebody because of baggage right. that they have. And, exactly. And some, you know what really what is really unfortunate is sometimes depending on the individual, individuals will look at women or men with kids as baggage. Right. And that's so, like to me, it's unfair. No, like, it's 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 unfair. But if you have if you don't want to date somebody with kids, that's then that's fine. right. But to uh, to count them out because of that, it's, uh, like I, it's such a double edged sword. Like I get it, but at the same time, it's just like man, because you're looking at that that tangible baggage of children. Mm-hmm. But what about your emotional baggage that you possess and that you carry? Like, is his baggage worse than yours? Your baggage, like, right? And, and that's where it's just like man, like. Don't judge somebody by their baggage because you have your own and it might be incredibly worse than you think it is or than you're portraying it to be. And again, I think it just falls under all that brokenness. Like, yo, like, under the brokenness, like, we're still beautiful, you know? All all that is broken is is meant to be put back together. Um, You know, broken crowns still color. Mm -hmm. They still work. Right. And, And that's, again... To come back to answer your question, that's what Ladoo and the Broken is. That's what that's what I believe in. These are all my beliefs. Um, they're not facts. Uh, it's just based on my experience of life, of love, of pain. This is where I'm at, and I'm continuing to evolve as a person, as uh, as a man, as uh, a boyfriend, as a brother, as a son. Like I'm just trying to evolve all across the board as a person. Mm-hmm. And with, I feel like without understanding pain, you genuinely, you genuinely can't have a deeper understanding for love. For love, yeah. Like, I, I mean, you can be, you can, like, for example, you can love somebody, but if you didn't go through pain and understand what that feels like, then when you actually have love and, like, you, you won't be able to understand, like, love in its full capacity, yeah. you know? And there's still, and we, we were speaking about it before we started right. recording about the, there's some PTSD there. Right. It's, it's like, you, you, you love, and depending on who you are, you love hard. Like, I'm, I, I love hard. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, there's, I don't want to say there's no denying it, but I definitely am a person that, if, if I have you and, and we are committed, I'm... Exactly. I, I, I don't. I don't. What you saying? I'm an Aquarius. You're an Aquarius. I am. Really? I am. That's so interesting. Why? We'll talk. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll talk about it after. No, no, let's talk about it right now. It's on well. <laughs> why is that interesting? That's so interesting. Um, the reason why I say that because um, <laughs> in my own personal life, um, Aqu- the, the, I've had experiences with Aquarius people that haven't been so great and I actually don't talk to any of them. Not, I've heard that before though. Like, I'm Taurus. I'm okay. a Taurus. I, I, I'm not good at signs, so I say okay. I mean, I no, no, no. I mean, I'm not the greatest either. I'm not the greatest either. Like, I'm still learning what all these things mean. Right. But then, it's funny that you say, it's funny that you say that you're Aquarius. But, um, yeah, because like, so, for me, my, yeah, again, my experience, and I, you know, again, it probably doesn't even have anything to do with the sign. It's just individual basis. But, but it's you, just I, funny. I, I, but you're not the first person to tell me that their experiences with Aquarians mm-hmm. is, has not been pleasant. Because I also know another Aquarian who I'm actually really cool with, right? But there's, yeah, in my experiences, there's three, uh, three who are people, important people in my life who are Aquarius, who are Aquarius, I should say. And... I just they're they're people I don't talk to anymore, um, and they're people who I have who I I have I have love for, right. you know, in different parts, 
in different types and different spaces. Right. You know? And it's just, it was just something, I don't know. And like, it was, it didn't take until to the third uh, person for me to realize and see all three of them. The right, right. But then I also know another Aquarius who's not really, like who, from my experience, it's not really like that. So it could just be on the, indiv- it's just probably on the individual it basis. But it's just funny that you said that because, <laughs> sorry. I just everything that you thought, right. Huh? <laughs> right, because I mean, it just made me look at them in a different way now because with talking to you and kind of getting to know you in that and understanding your thought process yeah. and those type of things, there is a huge difference. Um, or again, those persons were haven't tapped into their own self-consciousness. Right. That's to why understand. I'm signs like that because I just I feel. Which is why I say that, like it might not, it just might be on an individual basis yeah, of yeah, I have think, nothing to do with the sign. But yeah, I mean, listen, it's it's it's. I think it's good context, right? Like I've, right. I've, I've you know I don't read my horoscope every day. Um, I've read characteristics of what Aquarians are supposed to quote unquote be right. like, and what they're not. So they're like the the good and the bad. Like, and I'm like, oh, there's some there's some validity to some of the things that are, right. that are out there. But I. I like I'm just, I think it's just your 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 values, your core values, and your foundation and your experiences. Like, what have you learned? Are you uh, again? Are you self-analyzing your actions? Are right? self-accountability mm-hmm. is huge, and I, I just don't think that we are as a people are self-accountable as much as we probably should be, as we probably should right. be. And uh, I'm I'm uh, I'm still getting better at it, but I feel like in terms of my actions and my intentions. With the things that I do and say, like my self accountability is it's it's there, and if, mm-hmm. you know, it might take me a little while to realize, damn, I could have handled myself a little bit better in this situation, or could have handled this person a little bit better. But I'll be like, yo, that's on me. Yeah, that. that's something. That's something I've been learning about myself too, in the sense of self um, self accountability. Like I'm always, I'm now, I've never really been not. I shouldn't say that. I've always been someone who tries to be accountable of, of their feelings, but I've tapped it into it. I've tapped into it way more on like more of like a daily basis yeah. on with everything I say, like reflect daily. Right. All, like, like I'll say something and then I'm like, in my head, I'm like, wait, did yeah. I say that the right way? Was I being rational? Yeah. And then I'll let the person know, like, look, I'm trying to be rational as possible or I'm trying to make sense. I'm sorry. If, and I, I become all apologetic. I become, I'm like, oh, I'm kind of sorry if it might not come off or, I'll tell them, like, because I've always been a person and that I've always kept to myself growing up. I was always very quiet, like, mm. straight A's in conduct because I wouldn't say a word. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> I was super mute. Like, I was very shy. Um, when it comes to, like, talking in front of people, I couldn't do it. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't until last, till 2018, 2019, where I kind of broke out of that shell. That's crazy. And, right. Because you would never know. Exactly. Like I like ask if you ask my parents or like anybody who's grown up with me, they'll know that I've always and I've like grown up I was always the oldest one. Like I'm older than my brother and like my cousins and things like that. And I've always like my my they would, oh you're the mo-, like I always took on like that mom role of making sure everyone's okay, but I was always just very quiet yeah. and just kept to myself and I don't like being in front of the camera type person like me doing this right now is just, I mean, I'm not in front of cameras so y'all can't see me, but but this is out of your comfort zone. Right, and being, being able to be vulnerable and being okay with, you know. So um, I say that to say that uh, it's just interesting. Like, I just, I try to be, like, I, I now as I'm getting older, I'm trying to um, be more accountable for the things that I'm saying. And the, uh, especially now with understanding, like, mental health and the, what it plays, especially within my own self, and um, those unpacking of things that I've been doing from when I was younger, mm-hmm. and those situations, because like, for example, there's situations that happen that my parents are just finding out about or learning about with me, mm-hmm. and, and, and things that I've kept, like I'm just like, you know what, I'm just, just put it under the rug, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll deal with it later, but now I'm just becoming more like, understanding, okay, so this is, the, re- the reason why I'm like this is because of that you know, and being more self-aware. And even with my conversations with people or like in relationships or, you know, you know, getting to know someone, like yeah. I'm starting to be more like, okay, like breaking things down all the time. Like constantly breaking Sometimes things. Sometimes that, that, that leads down to a, that leads down a... Uh, anxiety. 
<laughs> you just start overthinking. Right. And just start creating scenarios. So that it's just aren't true. Right. Trying to find that balance. Yeah, no, it's difficult. Yeah. I love I love addressing things as soon as I can because there's a level of unpacking with addressing something, and mm-hmm. then there's a level of unpacking is after you address it, what's the aftermath? What do we learn? What do I do this next time? What do I not do? Like there's there's levels of the unpacking, right? So the quicker I can deal with something, the better for me. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm getting, I've gotten better at addressing things sooner rather than later. Right. Whether it's an interaction with a person, a, like a, whoever, a spouse, a partner, a family member, mm-hmm. I no longer wait. You know what? This all based now. No. I'm like, yo, I know what I said. I'm still trying to work through my feelings and my thoughts. Right. So I'm not saying that what I said is true or fact, but I just want you to know this is how I feel, yada, yada. And it's just like, okay. Let's talk about it. When you when you notice when you have communication, like oh my god, communication is so, and that's something again coming from my marriage. I wasn't the best communicator. Mm-hmm. I wasn't the best communicator. Yeah. If the, the, there were the elephant in the room, I would not address. I'd just be like, if she was not going to address it, I'd kind of be like, okay, we're just gonna. All right, cool. And just like, <laughs> like yo, you want to go get a pub sub? Right. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. yeah, and then you know, it's just like a squat, and there's there's couples that live like that, mm-hmm. and before you know it, it's four, five, six, seven, ten years later, and you still going and through all the shit that you've not uh, addressed and unpacked, and it's just you know it's, it just starts piling up because then it's frustrations yeah, that yeah. like you start it starts building up within, and then you just start then you end up taking it out on mm-hmm. the person without them even understanding why because you've just been holding it in or yeah. just. You know, you're not or not unpacking it at the right moments, and you know, I mean, yeah. I think it's. it's I think it's all about creating a safe space too. Like, mm-hmm. like with with my girl now, um, I think what I love most, and she loves it too, is the way that we are able to talk freely. Right. There's no judgment. Like, mm-hmm. even if I don't agree with something that she says or how she feels, you acknowledge that. I understand that's how you feel. I don't agree with it. But I think just understanding, general understanding is, is good. Like you, right. could, you could understand and not agree with somebody. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. There's there's nothing wrong. It doesn't make me look at it. And that's what she has to understand is anything that she says to me does not make me look at her any differently. As long as, long as it's not detrimental to me, to my safety, to my health, right. and stuff like that. Like, there's no judgment. Like, you are entitled to feel what you feel. If there's something that I did that made you feel away, let me know. Mm-hmm. So I know that I don't do it again. And we could address it and we can move on. And I think it's just all about if when you're in a relationship with somebody, creating a safe space. There has to be a safe ground to where somebody could address themselves, address something, and not feel like they're going to be attacked. Because that's why a lot of people, to me, opinion, this is all opinion, this is why a lot of people are not great communicators, because the grounds are not safe. Mm-hmm. There hasn't been a safe ground established to where I could express myself or... Without judgment. Or without judgment or, or being attacked. Mm-hmm. And and that's where that's where people get defensive and um, it's something I'm still working on with my best friend. Sometimes I get defensive over things that he says to me that are critical about me or the things that I do or the thing the way that I think. Like mm-hmm. I get super defensive, but I, I think there's there's some passion there that I have to figure out. There's it's a lot that I have to figure out there, but we're growing. We're growing. Every we're day. get every day getting to know each other ourselves. Yeah. That communication piece, though, man, so important. Please. And that's. People be better communicators. Right, right. And that's why we here we are here as artists. That's it. To help people get through that communication. We break it down. People help us too. Right. People help us. Right. We break it down so it's what is it? So it's forever broken. That's what love Jones. (laughs) But um it's and I as I said, that's yeah, that's the beauty of who we are and like of our as artists and like the things that we create because we kind of help people I think we we kind of help people become those voices that they couldn't be on their own, mm-hmm. or they couldn't have, I should say, on their own. Yep. You know, because at least that's when I know what music and art does for me, and like poetry. You know, like when I read a poem um, that I can re- that I really relate to, I'm like, damn, they know exactly yeah. how I'm feeling. It's like or you a go song, to church and, and the, the pastor is his sermon. You're like, well, are you? Are you talking to me? Like, like do we have beef? There's a room of hundreds of people. You're like, yo, like, are you singing me like, out? <laughs> uh, you got an issue with me, Pastor? Right. Like, like, we can screw up after work. Let me know. I mean, after after, after service. service. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> I'll 
I'll take my shoes off. Let's go. Right. But yeah, no, it's it it it's convicting. It's, yeah. It gives you like this convicting feeling, like holy shit, like this person knows exactly what I feel, and and I'm my girl is a poet. Um, mm-hmm. she posts her stuff on Instagram and stuff like that. Like I'm trying to get her to put everything together and make a book. Um, and but and that's something that you can't uh, you can't force. You yeah, it's coming in right is, time. This is how you do it. This is how like. You just could just be a cheerleader. You mm-hmm. just have to encourage from the sideline, just continue encouraging and continue encouraging. But I also let her know, and, and, and it's funny because when I say things to her, I know I'm speaking to myself, right? As an artist, as a creative, you have a responsibility. Mm-hmm. You have a responsibility to people that don't have a voice. And not only do they not have a voice, but sometimes they don't, they're not able to process the things that they feel. Right. And, and then they're not able to process it, but then they can't even put those feelings into words. Right. And you as a poet or as a songwriter, as an artist, you have a responsibility to say, hey, this is my pain, this is what I'm going through. So somebody could be like, fuck, this is what I've been feeling for X amount of time, and you just... And so, yeah, and it's cool when you can meet someone who's willing to help you tap into those things, because yeah. like, um, like it's funny, because I, I was talking to a friend, and my friend was like, I'm trying to tap, I want to tap into you as an artist, mm-hmm. right? And it's crazy because, I mean, like not many people, like for myself, like as an artist, I'm very, I'm very hard on myself. I find myself, yeah, to be very hard on myself. And even when I'm creating, like I can create stuff and I'll start something and I'm just like, nah, <laughs> like, and I have to revisit, like at my, like my parents' house, I have tons of canvases just laid out in my room, like piles of nothing nothing or half ass or something and it's it's always cool like when you meet people that are just like no like i want you i want to help you get to what to where you just create freely and it's okay like you know so i i think it's always cool to have those as you say like a cheerleader of someone who's genuinely interested in in your art and your craft and want you to want to help you explore that and create freely and just you know like like whatever stigmas are you know within you that are stopping you from creating yeah i want to help you get through them and pass through them and that's kind of where i'm at like i i think i'm wearing her down a little bit to where <laughs> the book is coming right um, uh, but it's also i've taken the liberty to do other things to show like i think it's important to show the, your partner the person you're with um with action right like i think words are words are anybody could say anything anybody could say i believe in you i could support you but how do you support me? How do you believe in me? Mm-hmm. This is about action, like to the point where I, I, I'll tell you, I bought her two URLs. Oh wow! So you choose. Right. This is where your stuff is gonna go. This is where you're gonna set. Like helping build a vision within, because sometimes the people don't see it within themselves. That's and true. And so you, as a partner, the, the the way that you do that is, yeah, you cheer them on with words of affirmation, but let me show you what I see. Right. Action speak louder than words. And yes, yeah, so, and then it's, there's a little bit of accountability piece, like yo, this thing is now yours. You have to do something. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, damn, URL. this person really believed in me. Yeah, let me, let yeah. me show them that I can there's, do this. There's a, pre- there's a pressure there. Right. There's a, a huge pressure. pressure. There. Whether, whether the person is, whether they're pressuring you verbally daily or not, there's a pressure. Like, okay, wow, this person really believed in me. I. At least, at minimum, at minimum, have to try. Mm-hmm. I have to try because creating is the responsibility of self, right? Mm-hmm. Once you put the work out there, the way that it's received is out of your hands. Right. That's another. That's a pressure that is not on you. Maybe the way that you deliver it, maybe the way you package it. Yes, there's a pressure there for you, but the way that people receive it, that's that's a pressure mm-hmm. that's off of you. But the the, the least that you owe. Um, somebody who believed in you was just trying and just something as simple as putting your shit out there she puts her stuff out there like she puts her stuff on Instagram and gives great feedback I say you know what that's great I would love to see that evolve into something but when you are ready mm-hmm. I'm not going to rush you but I just want you to see that I see great in you but also you're putting your work out there publicly and people see it as well you are speaking to people that again don't have a voice they don't know what to feel but right. they're going to relate to it um i can tell it 100 percent of the time if not one person the next person will and it's not that person that person will like there is always going to be somebody that will relate to it and it might not be something that they're going through at the moment but it might be something that they went through and it might be something that they have yet to go through but they'll revisit and be like i know what this feels like mm-hmm. 
So with that, so what is next for you? Um, man, I, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> creating, I'm still, um, I'm, I'm, as you said, as an artist, right? Like we're hard on ourselves. Like mm. I'm not satisfied. Um, I'm grateful. Uh, that's, that's one thing is I always try to show gratitude for everything, for, for life, um, for the people in my life. Like I'm grateful for everything that I've been given artistically thus far, the shows, the feedback. I'm so grateful, but I within myself as an artist, I'm not content. Um, so continuing writing, um, and you were supposed to come to the studio this morning, so I'm, I'm in the studio trying to create more, trying to just get better as a writer, get mm -hmm. better as an artist. Um, so more live shows this year. Um, uh, I would love to, uh, these are planned, the tour um, is, uh, is in the works. Um, it's on the agenda. My goal is to open up for a major artist um, by the end of 2020. Um, Who's your ideal artist to open for? Oof, God. Um, <laughs> shit, that's a, that's a heavy, I mean, I think it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's not a secret that my favorite artist is Justin Timberlake. Uh -huh. So if I could open for JT, fuck, right. sign me up. Um, I just don't know if musically if that, that fit, if, mm -hmm. if that's a perfect fit. But I, I love artists, um, man, like I'm, 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 my palette is starting to broaden in terms of like the acts that I look, cause there's, there's like a, there's levels to the industry, right? Mm -hmm. Like I, I look at like the Jay-Z's, Beyonce's, Rihanna's, Kanye's, the Justin's, the guy, like those are like the top 5% of right? right. Like those are like super, but there's also this middle ground of these artists that have a following and they're touring all the time, but they're not like the Jay-Z's, like, but, so, like, finding an artist in that, like, level right there, like, for example, um, there's an artist by the name of Dermot Kennedy, mm -hmm. um, that I got put on to, he'll be here, um, at the Fillmore in February, he's a, he's from Scotland, he's like a pop, like, alternative artist, and that'd be somebody I would love to open up for, I'm not gonna be in an arena, but I'll be at the fuck, I, like, I would be at the Fillmore, right. like, I'm reaching an audience, you know, I have no problem doing, like, those quote-unquote mid-level, um, tours, you know, mm -hmm. there's, there's, there's so many levels to this shit. And, but the beautiful thing is, is, is to make a living off of this, you don't have to be Rihanna. Right. You don't have to be Drake. You don't have to be Kanye. You don't have to be Justin. You don't have to be Beyonce. Like there are artists out here that are making a living comfortably off of just doing what they love to mm -hmm. do. And that's kind of where I would love, I would love to be. I mean, when you dream of this shit as a kid, do you want to be those, those top 5% artists? Absolutely. Of course. You do, but as the music business has changed, the way we we are receiving music has changed. Like there's so many different opportunities for you to fit in somewhere. And I'm, I just would love to get to a point where I could uh, financially live comfortably, um, could have my girl quit her job and, and create freely and just us live off of just doing what the fuck we love to do. And it's, there's, a, there's an income there, there's a residual income and creating multiple streams of creative income, you mm -hmm. know, and um, uh, that's something I'm working on, like, shit, you, it's something I thought about the other day, you did illustrations for a book that I wrote, I wrote the book, you, you yeah, yeah, don't give it up, where, where, exactly, where? so, this, yeah, exactly, <laughs> see, exactly, you, you, you forgot, no, you I didn't forget, forget. no, okay. I'm just like, You're wait, like, where is it, where's yeah, so, it, it's funny, it's a conversation, again, uh, my, my best friend Drew is like, that's like my lifeline. Like that's my, my, my little dog right there. But we talk every day and, and, and the, our theme of this year is getting rid of all, uh, getting, clearing our pending list. So yeah. the Ooh. book that, uh, that, and he's been pressuring me about like, yo, why is the book not out yet? And it's just like, and it's like, that's like, that's like my best friend. So I'm like, fuck, I'm letting him down. But I'm also letting myself down. I'm letting other people down. And there's a, there's a confidence of being an, a music artist, like, yo, I could get on stage and I know I'm gonna do well. Mm -hmm. And it's like, fuck, I've never written a book before. I've never, like, and it's just like, it's, yeah. it's like a different pressure and nervousness and, and a different doubt. Than, it is. And, and, and it's just, but this year I told myself, I said, nah, this, this year it's, it's, it's been sitting, it's been done. Um, Amber helped me design the cover, design the mm -hmm. book. I reached out to you, you did some illustrations for me. It's like, yo, like, when you talk about the responsibility I owe this to people, like, I've built the list of people I owe this to, so now I have to follow through. 
But you also have to do it in your time because, again, like I released a poetry book, and like this is something that people are like, Z, you have to do it because I like I've been writing poetry for years. Right. And then I finally got the nerve to do it when I felt like this was the time. Yeah. And then I just put it out there. I was just like, you know what? I'm not gonna think overthink it. I'm just gonna put it out there and let let it marinate. And, and, that's, <laughs> and, and, and something that a shortcoming that I have is I don't like doing my ugly work. Mm-hmm. And my ugly work, I mean, is like the research of finding a publisher. How do you publish a book? Right. How do you fit the guidelines and the parameters? Like, okay, once you find a publisher, once you do that, then there's this step. Like. It's, it's not, and I mean, that's why artists have managers. That's why they have booking agents mm-hmm. because that, that's the grunt work. That's the ugly work. That's not, it's not glamorous. It's not for the gram. Like, it's not the pretty part of everything. And, and I have an issue with doing the, the grunt work. Okay. Like, I'll, I'll sit down in front of my computer, iPad, and be like, okay, I'm going to research this. But once this shit starts to get a little bit difficult and it starts, like, I have it's to like, get deeper and deeper and deeper, I'm like, you know what? I'll do this shit tomorrow. Right. <laughs> and it's never tomorrow. It's always, like, the following week. And it's just, like, I got to, I, I know I have an opportunity there, and I got to get better at that. Like, and that's, that, that, with this book, like, that's kind of been what it's, like, I've, for multiple reasons, I've not released it yet. Uh, feeling like it's not finished, mm-hmm. feeling like there could be more. Or is life. Is enough? Or life, like, there's been multiple reasons. More my, more my issue than anything as to why the book is not out. But it is on the pending list for 2020. That, I had created some shirts, like, when you talk about that, that period of your life where, uh, when you say 2017, 2018, where you created some of your best shit, right? Like, so last year, once I, you know, being heartbroken, I created a lot of great, relatable content, mm-hmm. you know, shirts, writings, and stuff like that. So I have shirts that I want to release that I feel like as a birthday gift to myself next month, I'm going to make the site go live. Like, I want to get all of my pendings done so mm-hmm. I can say it's out there, whatever happens, happens, you know? And But that falls into... Uh, my goal of creating multiple streams of potential income. Mm-hmm. Shit that could be working on the back end that I kind of almost forget about, oh, should have checked this month for this. I mm-hmm. forgot about this, you know? Um, so yeah, I'm trying to, the focus is music. Music is the vessel, right? right. Everything else falls under that, that vessel. And so for me, the music is important. Um, I would love to, like, not would love, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to speak it into existence. Um, hopefully my management is okay with it. Um, <laughs> I, I want to release something every single month this year. I don't, I don't know, we talked about, I don't know if a project is going to be, um, like, a, a full body of work is mm-hmm. going to be conducive to what I'm trying to accomplish as an artist, but I want some kind of music out every month. Right. Uh, video, live performance, and, and, um, I'm taking a break from performing live because, like I said, I think the last six months uh, of last year, I had a show every month, and um, so what I'm doing right now is just creating more content, creating mm-hmm. more material, and some of the people might hear, some might not, but it's, it's about being in the gym. It's about repetition, repetition, repetition. Um, my first show this year is, is um, going to be in Seattle, actually. Oh, nice. Seattle. Yeah, so my first, uh, I can't, you know what? I say it's my first out-of-state show, but it's not. I've performed out-of-state before. I performed... Um, in St. Louis mm-hmm. years ago. It was for a contest, but it's my first performance out of state as the artist that I am and, and me on the path that right. I'm on, you know? Um, so in March, uh, performing in Seattle, um, and, and that's, I just plan to be more around Florida this year. Definitely want to hit, North, you know, Fort Lauderdale, mm-hmm. West Palm, Orlando, Tampa, the, you know, Gainesville, Tallahassee, I plan to perform in Europe. Like, I, I really, there's a plan already drawn mm-hmm. out, and um, I have a good, I have a good team uh, around me. Um, I don't even want to say behind me, cause, but I have a good team around me that I'm, I'm only as good as them, and they're only as good as me, you know? So, um, I'm excited. This, this year is going to be a, a, a lot of, a lot of change. A lot of things are, are going to work. A lot of things might not work, but I'm, I'm, I'm excited. For, yeah, I'm, I'm, ex- I'm excited for, for what's to come, but uh, it's a lot of music. Uh, um, <laughs> I, I don't know if I'm going to be as broken as I was last <laughs> year because um, I'm in repair now. It's a funny, actually, the night that you saw me had a conversation about somebody, you know, asking me about 
my brand being so heavily um, focused on broken and being broken and broken people, you know, now that I'm kind of transitioning out of that, like, how do I, like, where did that leave my brand? Mm-hmm. And it, it, to me, I, I didn't think about it, but in the moment, it was a simple answer. Like, oh, you never stop being broken. Right, and you can always still tap into those emotions to create content or just to, just to be able to connect with people, yeah. you know? Because you're still, like, these conversations, like, that we're having, like, even though you're in a different place now, you, we can, you can still tap into that older place just so that people understand where you're coming from and where you're going. Exactly, and, 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 and being, quote-unquote, broken, it's, 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 a, it's a cycle, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I might be on top of the fucking world today, but tomorrow something happens and I'm quote unquote broken. Right. You know, and it's just like you just don't stop. You know, it, I think, um, I think it's just about just having the right people in your life and and, and love, man. I, I can't express enough to people how how I just love love and not only love from a romantic partner, but just love from my family, love from my friends, love from the people that I interact with. Um, love is the strongest force in this universe mm-hmm. and I think with that at the forefront of everything that I do um, and expecting that in return I feel I'm I'm, I'm going to be more powerful than ever right. and, uh, and just the love um, from my girl and what we're building creating being the glue to put those broken pieces back together and uh, and over time glue gets strong mm-hmm. you know it gets strong and, and um, you have to reapply glue here and there right <laughs> But that's what that's what. But like, it's still sticking. It's but still that's, that's every every relationship again, whether your partner or your friend, like it takes work. Right, it's it not perfect. Work. It doesn't. It doesn't. And it doesn't ever get perfect. Yeah. It gets maybe close to it, but there's always still room for growth because you're going through changes as individuals, changes as together, together. Yeah. Yeah. So constantly. Yeah. You know, constantly. Yeah. So, but yeah. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. I didn't feel. I, I almost forgot we were recording the whole. Time. Right. <laughs> I almost forgot we were recording the whole time. It's just so this microphone with a light on. You know, just here hanging out with yeah, us. If, 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 if it wasn't for that, I would have forgot this was even a podcast episode. Well, great. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad it I'm felt. Super glad that we did this. Podcast. Yes, yes. Thank you so much for talking about taking something off the pending list. Check. Boom. Done. Boom. Right off the notes. That's Check. It. Something that we talked about for months. 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 Finally. First, first month of the year. Out the way. We're you know Great what? start. You know what? That's what we should do every every month. I'm gonna do it for myself. Yeah. Every month, take something off the pending list. Yes, that's a very good. So it's funny because um, every year, my friends, like my best friends and I, what we do in um, the notes app, we mm-hmm. created our notes of it. our goals okay. for the new year. Okay. And what we do, we share it with each other so that where we hold each other accountable. So as we check them off, we can, you know, it sends us a notification to the other person. Right. Like, look, I did this already. And then, um, so like, for example, like the other day, one of my best friends, she checked off something off her list and I got the notification and I was like, damn, I need to, <laughs> I was like, I need to, <laughs> right, right. But it's good pressure. It's great pressure because it's just like, okay, I'm doing this. Okay, I did, you know, I did it. Okay, this person did it and now I need to get my ass up. Yeah, no, so it's something that we as a studio, you know, A2F Studios, uh, we're a a team of writers, producers, engineers, Um, we have a non-profit, Mm -hmm. we have an end-of-the-year meeting every year, Um, and that's where we all write our goals, like, we we have to come to the meeting prepared with our goals written down for the following year, and we kind of swap with somebody for that accountability piece, Mm -hmm. we did that, that that happened, but also, uh, my best friends, um, we, there's you know, it's myself and two others. Um, we as men, I, again, I think it's important for men to have strong men and strong successful men around them. Whether they're successful in their career, as a person, as a, a father, mm-hmm. like just having people around you that can better you. And so right. we decided, um, actually maybe the last few weeks, uh, we shared, we got on a FaceTime call, talked about our goals and said like, yo, every month we're gonna, you know. Check something off. Yeah. We're gonna, we're gonna tap in. We're gonna we're gonna touch base with each other and kind of see where we're at. So, I, I love to hear that, and I love to see that people are just big on on, on accountability and mm-hmm. holding, holding their friends and their loved ones accountable because that's the only way we're gonna we're gonna do shit. And right, and how to make yeah, how should make shit happen. Yeah. So like this. Cool. <laughs> yeah. So thank you again so much. Just let everybody know where they can reach you and check out more of your music. Or yeah. Keep- Absolutely. Um, so on Instagram, uh, I'm Ledoux and the Broken. That's L E D O U X and the Broken. Um, 
I'm on all uh, major um, streaming platforms, Apple Music, Spotify, uh, Tidal, YouTube, uh, Single Enemy that dropped um, in December. You'll find, uh, look out for more live performances, dropping more music soon. Um, yeah, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate this. This was a lot of fun. <laughs> thank you. I'm starving. <laughs> yes, yes, let's get I'm you some starving. food. Thank you. Thank you. And guys, just check out for uh, the I Don't Know Art podcast. We're on Instagram, we're on Apple, and other um, sites as well. Stay tuned for more episodes. Thank you. <laughs>